In the holy name of Jesus, amen. We like things that are big, that are strong, that are full of great wisdom and knowledge. If you think about it, 10, 20 years ago, if you wanted to look up something, you probably had to go to a book. Now we go to the giant Google, the giant internet, which is full of so many things. You used to go to the corner drugstore, you used to go to the corner market to gather your goods, your groceries or whatever else. Now we love the giant Amazon and online retailers. They can deliver to us. How dare we get in our car and get out in the heat? We love things that are mighty and strong. We love the fact that we gain so much knowledge. Today we are observing the Feast of the Visitation. What in the world is that, Pastor? I'd like to call it Christmas in July, if you want. Today is a very special day in the life of the church. Today is a day where we observe that Mary visited Elizabeth. It's a fulfillment of what we hear from St. Paul later on. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is lowly and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Today, one of the biggest topics that people like to discuss and debate and even get heated about is the gift of life, the gift of unborn life, or even the gift of elderly lives. In our country today, we've become so divided over the fact that we don't know, many don't know, whether or not an unborn child is truly a human. And we look at the elderly today and say, we don't have time. We don't have enough time. Our lives are busy and they somehow, someway are a burden. We've even looked at those who are sick and suffering today and we have simply said, let them be euthanized like your dog or your cat. Relieve them of their suffering. Is this really how we want to view humanity? You all were in the womb at one time. You all went through that time of gestation. We all went through that time of birth. Living in diapers, relying on our parents. And Lord willing, all of us will get older. And how many of us are worried and concerned about how we view those things today, whether it be the unborn or the elderly. Today is so important in the life of the church because an elderly pregnant woman, Elizabeth, who's carrying John the Baptist, and a teenager who is pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary, who is carrying Jesus, they come together. They greet one another. A pregnant virgin goes to visit a pregnant old lady. Sounds like the old joke or a pitch for a really awful reality television series you would stream on Netflix. But this is the reality. God uses the weak things of the world to overcome that which is strong. Two unborn children in the womb. What you have here is, is if you look at the Old Testament, the end of the Old Testament in your pew Bible, 
I think it's page 834 and 835. Correct me if I'm wrong. You will notice that those two pages are blank. This is where the Old Testament meets the New Testament. John the Baptist is the last of the Old Testament prophets. He is the one that would be the last one to prophesy who Jesus is as true God and true man. In the case of Mary and Elizabeth, this is no joke. It is the meeting of the Old and New Testaments. Elderly Elizabeth, pregnant with the last and great of the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the one who would proclaim to the world, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus is ushered in for the life of the world. In Jesus' day and age, when there was a wedding, it wasn't sort of like a wedding that you might see here with all of the pomp and circumstance. In the wedding, you would typically have a best man and you would have a matron of honor. And the job of the best man was not to give the toast and hold the ring in in the reception or in the service. The job of the best man was to introduce the bride to the groom. And then he would get out of the way. You two have a nice life together. John the Baptist is the best man. You are the bride of Christ. John the Baptist introduces you as the bride of Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He loves you, he redeems you, he washes you clean in his blood and his righteousness. And he now has presented you to the Father, holy, spotless, blameless in his sight. That's who Mary is carrying today. The teenager is carrying the child conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luther says that Jesus was conceived through Mary's hearing. This is Jesus, the promised Messiah, who Isaiah talks about. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Yeah, you hear that in Advent and Christmas. It's Christmas in July. God with us. Sit back and think about that for a moment. Whatever your political leanings are today or whatever, don't make it about this. You and I have been in the womb. You've been born. You have lived a human life and so has God. No other religion in the world speaks of God this way. No other religion of the world speaks of the Creator becoming the created No other religion of the world speaks of God coming down not to be served, but to serve you. To take you out of your sins and darkness and suffering and to lift you up in his light, his salvation and his freedom. The problem is is that we don't always get this. And I would dare say, even in our country today, at Christmas time, There's a very popular song that people like to sing. Maybe it's even been sung in churches. Maybe you like it. It's called, Mary, Did You Know? 
It's as if Mary, who is a virgin, had really no concept of what was going on. After all, the angel Gabriel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary, did you know? I think she did. It is clear from the words of our readings today that both of these women know what is going on. Elizabeth looks at Mary and calls her the mother of my Lord. Our Lutheran confessions call her the Theotokos, which means she is the mother of God. And even John the Baptist, weak, foolish, child in the womb, with no power or strength, he leaps for joy in the presence of Jesus, weak, foolish in his mother's womb, six weeks old. John the Baptist has faith that he has come into the presence of God. This is one of the great texts that show us that the unborn can have faith, that God has knitted them in their womb. Elizabeth makes it so clear that she knows the circumstances of Mary's pregnancy. It's not as if she got a text earlier from Mary saying, I'm carrying the Son of God. Mary shows up and greets her, and by faith, through the power of the Word of God, Elizabeth exclaims, what is going on here? Mary's response to Elizabeth makes it even more clear that she did know. Her response to Elizabeth has been sung by the ancient and modern church to music. You just sang it a few months ago, moments ago. It is called the Magnificat. Her song has become the song of the church today. Today's reading is far more about, not far more than just a joint baby shower. It is the meeting of the first Christians gathered around Jesus, who is true God and true man. Just like you and me, except we're not God. What both of these women knew was that their unborn children were part of the great story of salvation, your story of salvation. These weak, lowly, unborn children were part of how God was going to fulfill His promises to save His fallen creation. We ask today, well, we're not even really sure if this is a human or not. The word that Luke uses today is brephos. I know, nerdy Greek. Sounds like I know a lot, but I don't. I had to look it up. The word brephos is referred to in the Greek as an unborn child, but the Greeks would look at this as an unborn child who is fully human and alive. Both of these women knew what was going on, but both of them knew it wasn't just about them. We're not sitting here upholding Mary as some sort of queen of heaven. We're not praying to Mary. Mary is rejoicing that God even revealed and saved her. 
but even more so, this is passed on from generation to generation. Even in the 21st century today, where we can't even agree on the basics of our humanity. It's all about you today. Mary's words are about what God has done in terms of her, but the same things that have been done for you. These are the same things that he has done for you now and will always do for you. In Jesus, the child of Mary, was the help, the strength, and the relief, and love, and forgiveness of Israel. And the mercy that was long ago promised to Abraham is now yours today. The promises of God have been fulfilled for you in Jesus. Jesus would be born, and he would live. He would eat. He would drink. He would sleep. Why? Because he was tired. He was hungry. He was thirsty. Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus, his loved ones. Jesus wept over the world because he looked at the world as sheep who had no shepherd. If Jesus were to go out into this back staircase, which is a terrible danger to walk down, be very careful, if Jesus fell down those stairs, he would be injured just like you, just like me. Luther says that he comes with no advantage over us. Human to human, God now redeeming your humanity. He shows strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. Through his death and resurrection, as his arms are spread out on the cross, he shows his strength. He shows what he has done for you. You are the part of his promises given to Abraham. And today his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. That's why it's so great to observe something like today. Mary's song is your song as well. Mary would stay with Elizabeth three months after visit, initially visiting her. When she first visited John and Elizabeth, John was six months old in the womb. Last I checked, six plus three is nine. And you typically have a child on the ninth month. This means that Mary would have stayed till John the Baptist's birth. And while Mary is staying with Elizabeth, Jesus was with them as well. Seemingly weak and foolish to the world, but nonetheless in her womb was the divine Holy of Holies, the presence of God in the womb, blessing and keeping Mary, blessing and keeping Elizabeth and John the Baptist, and the future blessings and keeping of you. Today, even though all of this looks foolish, today even people coming in here today and saying, all of this looks foolish, there's nothing in here that seems to be modern, or trendy. Today, why are you focusing on such a thing like this today? These things may look foolish and weak to the world. They may even seem repetitive. 
but the incarnate Jesus Christ is with you as well, speaking his mercy and forgiveness. I forgive you all of your sins, lifting you up out of your sins, lifting you up as a redeemed people today, and feeding you with his body and his blood, the same body and blood that was in Mary's womb, the same body and blood that was crucified, the same body and blood which walked out of that empty tomb. I had the honor and joy of seeing one of our shut-ins this past Friday, who is in the last stages of her life, we did a thing called the commendation of the dying where we in many ways say to the Lord into your hands we commit this loved one's spirit. And one of the great and fantastic things that I was able to do with this shut-in was to give her the body and blood of Jesus. And As I looked at her in the bed, as I looked at her in the midst of weakness, in the midst of all of these things, there was Jesus speaking his word of forgiveness, giving her his flesh and blood so that he could be one with her. It is now no longer her who lives, but Christ who lives in her. And if this same body and blood was born for us, died and rose from us, walking out of that empty tomb, even as she is facing the last moments of her life, she can proclaim, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now it's Easter in July. <laughs> but in all of this, we rejoice what Mary has been given because it's all been given to you. Rejoice. Sing aloud Mary's song. Not because she's better than you or me, but because she has been saved by the Savior, she carried for you and for the life of the whole world. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.